0: immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4k picture and sound for every budget with sizes for every room find your perfect phillips roku tv today online or at your local walmart and sam's club hi i'm antonia blythe and this is 20 questions on deadline joining me today is allison Bree.
2: This is the Circa College Hoops Challenge contest hour. And uh, College Hoops doesn't start in February. It starts in March, but uh, actually starts in November and winds through uh, March and April. But a lot of people get involved deeply into it now with uh, the football season winding down. We started a contest here a week ago. This is week two of the Circa College Hoops Challenge. We have eight handicappers. And uh, no entry fee required, all competing for a prize package put together by Circa owner Derek Stevens. We're going to have eight weeks, nine rounds. Each week, you get 50 top plays from all the handicappers because we have a field of eight, plus Danielle Alvari and myself from VCEN competing along in this contest. All right, that's the introduction to the Circa College Hoops Challenge. Now let's go to one of the handicappers, one of the uh, participants here, and that's Tim Murray, VCEN host. And Tim, I mentioned that you were a record-setting free-throw shooter in college, and you're off to an even hotter start here in the contest at 2-3 and a week ago at 40%. Well,
3: I'll be honest, Matt. If I shot 40% in college, I would have uh, been much more uh, proficient than what I actually did. So, uh, you know what? Off to a great start in the eyes of uh, things being compared to my collegiate career.
2: But actually, we were just joking around about this last week. I, I, I wanted you to say this one more time for people who didn't yep. hear it. Uh, <clears throat> it was like hack in college instead of hack shack What was your free throw percentage again, your, your two years at Muhlenberg? Uh,
3: so my junior year, Matt, I was uh, 8 for 31 uh, from the free throw line. That would be a <laughs> 25.8%. And I think the best part is about that uh, statistical anomaly. Is that I actually had a four for four game? Wow. So really, if you remove the four for four performance, I believe against Haverford College, I want to say I was four for twenty seven over the whole season.
2: That's truly remarkable, Tim. Four. Yeah, for it point. is. Yeah, four. Pretty, for... pretty impressive. Yep. Wow. The Haverford coach had to be saying, "What the hell's uh, got into Tim Murray tonight? He's four for four from the line."
3: <laughs> you know what? You know what it is, Matt. It was uh, it was those big crowds that. You know, we faced uh, all up and down the Centennial Conference. You tens and twenties of people, you know, (laughs) there on Saturday afternoons uh, that just were quietly watching a basketball game. I just couldn't deal with that pressure.
2: All right. Well, let's get on with the handicapping. Follow him on Twitter at the number one, Tim Murray. And uh, Tim, you and I got burned by a couple of common plays a week ago. We played uh, Notre Dame and what looked like it was going to be an emotional send-off type of spot. The Mark, the Mike Bray. The Mike Bray retirement party didn't pan out. The Irish still terrible as favorites. We lost that one. We also lost with Texas Tech which uh, had a 45-41 lead in the second half about midway through and then a complete meltdown in the final 10 minutes. So you and I both went 2-3 and three, and those were two of our losses there. I'm going to guess that you were not tempted to lay the 10 points with Notre Dame against Louisville this week.
3: No, I was not, Matt. I, I actually thought about taking the 10 with uh, with the Cardinals. That is just that's just some horrible, horrible basketball. Notre Dame did get a cover earlier this week, though, uh, losing to uh, North Carolina State by three. Uh, by the way, you shortchanged Texas Tech. Uh, they were up 45-37 and just got outscored 31-11. to Not that I remember, or uh, it just is seared into my brain of what a disgusting finish to the game it was last weekend.
2: By the way, the Louisville Cardinals two and eighteen as they go to face uh, Notre Dame in this game. It's staggering, Tim, to think how three
3: hundredth, far... Matt. Yeah. If you, if if people are into the Ken Poms of the world, uh, they are three hundredth in Ken Palm behind the likes of Denver and High Point.
2: Stunning, <laughs> stunning fall from grace for the Louisville Cardinals to be two and eighteen, and then the three hundreds. And Kim Palm. At this point, I think Kentucky fans were not happy with John Calipari a couple weeks ago, and um, Kentucky's back on track, winning uh, a few in a row. And now, um, John Calipari's also got, I think, Tim, three of the top four recruits in the nation committed for next year. Did you see that?
3: I did, and it's you know, it's 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 one of those situations where. Um, you know, initially when this line first posted, uh, where it was, I think Kentucky one, uh, I thought of, I thought about the Wildcats for a minute and then it quickly just ballooned up. Uh, and right now, as we speak, uh, late on Friday, early Saturday morning, uh, it's up to three in some spots, but you know, I just, I think back to that Saturday going into Tennessee where you saw, uh, Kentucky had just got blown out by Alabama they lose to an awful South Carolina team at home everyone's calling for his head we've got fans at Rupp Arena with signs saying please go to Texas Mm -hmm. and then what have they done since they've won every game and of course they beat Tennessee on the road in a game that I remember vividly walking out of the studio on that Friday night looking at my producer producer Britton and I said you know what I probably should bet Kentucky. I didn't, and they won outright against Tennessee as a as a short dog on that uh, on that Saturday. And here they are. They've won four in a row. And uh, what was expected to be kind of the the crown jewel of the finale of the Big 12 SEC Challenge is still a decent game, but you've got a three-game losing streak for Kansas and a Kentucky team that is massively underachieved.
2: Yeah, Kentucky was a double-digit dog in that game at Tennessee. Won 63-56. I think that opened 12. Uh, you just don't see Kentucky as a 12-point dog. Won the game by seven. Now it's four wins in a row for the Wildcats after they beat Georgia, Texas A&M, and Vandy to get to 14-6. and I did play Kansas, Tim. Uh, I did play Kansas at plus three. I made the number of Kentucky one, and um, I think the Jayhawks, uh, who have lost three in a row, got a snap out of this uh, three-point shooting funk they're in, 26% during this three-game losing streak. Jalen Wilson's got to find some offensive help. I think it's a game that goes to the wire in Lexington. I took the three uh, with Kansas. You did not play it. I, I, let's talk about a game, another game in the uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge, and that's Auburn-West Virginia. And that's the top game on the rotation, 601-602. And uh, you played West Virginia minus three. The number right now is four at circuit. Why do you like the Mountaineers laying the four points? Yes. Yeah, or it's laying the three. City. You were laying three at the time you sent in your plays.
3: Yeah, I'll lay the three. Uh laid the three at uh, Circa. That was their opener. And uh, by the way, talk about stress. I mean, you know, don't tell our bosses, but I'm not paying attention at all to Visan primetime on Friday nights. I'm trying to send my plays into you, <laughs> Matt, on time, you know? So, uh, you know, hopefully just no one's listening and uh, don't tell them. But, no, I like the situational spot. You know, you've got a tricky, you know, road venue at West Virginia. Um, I'm so fascinated to see how this plays out, this Big 12 SEC Challenge, uh, because I, I'm, I'm, you know, on, I'm the opposite sides in a couple different games. But you're going to a, a really tricky road venue in West Virginia. And I, West Virginia is a team that the, the numbers – the computers love them, right? They're 21st in Ken Palm. Um, so they're a team that in the eyes of of the computers and and certainly some of the metrics that will help them for the NCAA tournament, it's favorable for them. But, you know, they're, they're in desperate need. And, and you're going to see that, I feel like, in this SEC Big 12 Challenge this weekend where a couple of these teams that we kind of assumed would be, uh, you know, in, in good shape overall uh, find themselves kind of in desperate na- uh, need for some wins. And, you know, for West Virginia, Matt, uh, they beat West Virginia earlier this week. That was an impressive win in my eyes. Uh, I actually had Texas Tech and couldn't have been more wrong in that spot. Uh, but, you know, they had the, the TCU win at home. And um, I, I just think situational is a great spot for West Virginia. So uh, happy to see that the line has moved in my favor. But, yeah, I'm going to roll with the Mountaineers here, you know, facing a top 15 team at home and, this would do some wonders for them uh, when it comes to the NCAA tournament and their resume if they're able to get this win.
2: All right, you've got three Big 12 teams on your card in this challenge. West Virginia is two and six in league play. Texas Tech is zero and eight and ten and ten <laughs> overall. And you're going to play Tech as a road favorite. Are you crazy? No, that's okay. Uh, I might be. This LSU I, I team. Might. This LSU team is really struggling, and that's why uh, LSU is a three-point home dog to Texas Tech. Why do you like the Red Raiders?
3: yeah and this was uh, this was the final one I added to be honest. Uh, there were some 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 guys that that got chopped off on the uh, at the at the chopping block uh, thought about taking the points with DePaul at home against Marquette. Uh, but I'm gonna roll with the Red Raiders here as you mentioned. Uh, it seems like it's it's kind of a lost season right now for Texas Tech when Mark Adams squad, uh, you know last year it was a hell of a year that they had you know, making it to the Sweet 16, uh, losing the Duke ultimately in a game that, you know, actually I had Texas Tech in that spot. I believe they closed a favorite against the Blue Devils and and couldn't pull it out. So, you know, Mark Adams, year number two, things not going all that well. As I mentioned, that West Virginia game earlier this week, I just, I really am curious. I know it's the first year for uh, uh, um, uh, the firm of Murray, Murray State coach down there at LSU, Matt, but, you look at how this team has been playing. I don't know how much they've got left in the tank. I mean, they've just been getting obliterated. Maybe this is the spot where they they come together. But you know, look at these scores the last you know six games for for LSU. Lost to Texas A&M by 13, then lost to Florida by 11, and then the big um, you know beatdowns came. Lost to Alabama by 40 auburn by 18 tennessee by 21 and then arkansas earlier this week by 20. so we'll see what lsu has i still think there's some fight in texas tech um you know i'll lay the three probably you know in reality matt uh for the contest i'll lay the points here i'll probably just take the cheap money line on texas tech uh we'll see what what's lsu has you know i know it's a first year so usually first year Uh, head coaches you maybe get some from, but I just don't know how good this LSU team is. So I might be crazy laying points with a team that hasn't won in 2023, but uh, that's what we're doing for Texas tech here.
2: Yeah. The honeymoon is over for Mark Adams of Texas tech. Mark Adams does not look like a movie star and they're never going to make a movie called The honeymoon in Lubbock, but it's (laughs) over for Mark Adams. Hey, we'll take a quick break. We come back. We got three more plays from Tim Murray on the other side.
4: And then they're never at any of those. Never, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to like you know Lil Durk, and you're like, "See, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, te- why are you He's telling the one me see the whole time?" <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Hey Sarah, I loved that Spring Break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. Omg, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well.
6: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
5: This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Newman's on v
3: the sports betting network.
2: Watch football with a little more on the line by playing free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Visit DraftKings.com Guinness. Set your lineup and watch the action unfold as you play for your share of $115,000 this season. Guinness made up more. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. DraftKings.com for details. As always, Guinness is a uh, serious beard. I bet a big guy like Tim Murray can put a bunch of them away. All right, let's get back to the plays. The Circuit College Hoops Challenge. v host Tim Murray joins us now on Twitter at one Tim Murray, And we got his first two plays in uh, tonight. And he is on West Virginia minus three, Texas Tech minus three. All right, let's get to one more game in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. It's the Rick Barnes Invitational. Texas catching seven and a half. The number was eight briefly, uh, Tim, but Texas at Tennessee, and you're taking the points with the Longhorns.
3: Yeah, uh, I am here, and uh, two teams certainly highly thought of uh, in the metrics and Tennessee, you know, number two uh, in Ken Palm. Um, But I I think this is a lot, you know, and something that uh, has been brought up and a lot of people have mentioned it, rightfully so, is is the – Ability that Tennessee has shown, Matt, to have their opponents struggle from the three-point line, but uh, and they're number one in the country, 21.6%. However, I, I just don't know who in the SEC is really that prolific from three uh, that makes you all that worried. So I look at Tennessee; uh, they've, you know, they've got some early-season wins that are impressive. Uh, you know win over Kansas on a neutral you know uh you know back in uh, back in in November but ultimately um, this Tennessee team's really good, but I think Texas is is has the ability to keep this close enough uh, on Saturday afternoon so I'm gonna roll with the longhorns here took the seven and a half uh, and uh, it's moved down to six six and a half so I like to see that movement here so um I, I think this could be a pretty low scoring game. a lot of people I know, uh, in respect, uh, lean towards the under in this game. So if you're taking points uh, with a team like Texas in a game that might be uh, more of an under type of game, uh, I'll take my chances there. I do like uh, the Longhorns to keep this thing close uh, on the road in uh, in Knoxville. All
2: right, if you go to KenPalm.com, the Ken Pomeroy ratings, Tennessee is number one in adjusted defensive efficiency. And uh, this is going to be a popular play in the contest tonight. Texas taking the points. And uh, Texas Tennessee under the total, but Tim's taking the points with the Longhorns here, seven and a half. And Texas is ten and two uh, since the departure of Chris Beard as coach. That was that's a sad thing for me to see Chris Beard go. with the Longhorns hanging on, playing decent basketball without him, with Rodney Terry in charge. All right, you mentioned the Ken Palm uh, ratings. St. Mary's has got an absurdly high rating uh, by Ken Palm partly because of its defense, number six in defensive efficiency. St. Mary's number seven overall in the country. Uh, Do the Gales deserve that? We're going to find out. But uh, right now, Tim, you and I are both uh, opposite St. Mary's in this game in Provo on Saturday night. BYU plus six and a half. We're not getting the best of the number here.
3: Yeah, it opens seven and a half. Uh, I don't know if we hit eight uh, to open, but... Um, yeah, open seven and a half, and immediately this was someone nice, I circled. And, and Matt, you know, uh, watching the West Coast Conference as much as you do, uh, since BYU has been a part of it, and this will be their final year in it. Uh, the Marriott Center on a Saturday night, it gets lively, man. That yeah. is a tricky place to play. And, you know, we saw it earlier this year. Uh, BYU didn't win, but certainly covered uh, against Gonzaga, one point game. Uh, Back in uh, back in January and that was a Thursday night game. So, uh, you know, taking points at the Marriott Center is is always something that I'm going to look to do, even though this isn't a vintage team. And, you know, to your point, you know, we're going to find out what St. Mary's is and who they are on Saturday night. And you know, you mentioned Ken Palm. They're number seven. The Gales are and Bart Torvik. They're number three. Uh, and number three in adjusted defensive efficiency. But, you know, you look at who St. Mary's has played to this point, you know, what is their best win? Um, You know, it's certainly up for debate. They haven't played Gonzaga yet. They'll play them uh, next Saturday at home uh, where they'll be a favorite against the Zags. But uh, I think we're going to learn a lot here. This is a big spot, in my opinion, for St. Mary's. And uh, we've seen BYU over the years in the wcc get up for these games on their home floor. So if I'm catching six and a half, uh, like you said, I wish we could have got the seven and a half, but the market moved in our in our favor. Uh I'm gonna take the Cougs here in a in a home spot to uh to be a dog and uh to be pesky like we saw earlier this year against the Zag.
2: Yeah, the Zags were lucky to escape Provo with that game, no question about it. And hopefully uh, BYU Uh, Puts up a similar effort on Saturday night. And uh, you're right about the Marriott Center. I've covered a lot of games up there. That's a pretty good home venue. All right, let's get to your best bet. I'll give you the Ken Palm Top Ten. For those who don't go to KenPalm.com, number one, Houston, Tennessee, Alabama, UCLA, Purdue, Connecticut, St. Mary's, Marquette, Texas, and Kansas. The number 11 team is Creighton. And Tim, your best bet's the Blue Jays minus five against Xavier. Yeah, this thing opened
3: four, Matt. This was the first game that I looked at uh, when looking at the Saturday card was the Blue Jays, and it's moved in their favor. Um, this is a really tricky spot for Xavier. Um, you know, Xavier was a very popular dog on Wednesday night. Uh, they were able to escape with a, a win over UConn. Uh, I'll be honest, I was on the wrong side of that one. I saw a lot of people taking the points with the Musketeers, and they were right. I was wrong. I put UConn in a money line parlay, and... Uh, We did not get home on that. But, you know, you're coming off an emotional road victory for Xavier. You're headed to Creighton. And, you know, revenge is going to be on the mind uh, for the Blue Jays here. They lost to this UConn team on the road back in early January. And what's interesting, Matt, I wrote up the Big East for the VEASAN uh, college basketball betting guide. I had Creighton number one, but it was almost begrudgingly uh, because I felt like they were going to be overvalued. And I think at this point in the season, there might be a little, they might be a bit undervalued because Kalkbrenner, their big man, I believe it was, um, I think it was Mono, uh, which has been reported, whatever it was, Uh he missed a handful of games. Uh, They had a six-game losing streak early on in the year, uh, lost to teams like Nebraska and Arizona State. It was not pretty, but they've turned it around here. They've won three in a row. They're playing their best basketball, so it seems, and they got some ballers, so I just... I like this spot at home for the Blue Jays, and I think this is a really tricky, tricky spot uh, for Xavier coming off an emotional win, uh, one where they had a big lead, lost that lead, prevail on the road at UConn, and now you got to go to a pretty challenging environment in Omaha there to take on the Blue Jays. So uh, I'm going to take the Blue Jays here. Uh, as you mentioned, the number keeps going up, but uh, I think this is a great spot uh, for the Blue Jays to take care of business tomorrow.
2: Yeah, you're right about that injury absence being big, Tim. I saw Creighton play in the Maui Invitational, and uh, the Blue Jays got off to a 6-0 start. They lost to Arizona in the championship game, 81-79. to That was a hell of a game, and it looked like they were legit. They, that was the beginning of a six-game losing streak, but I do think Creighton's healthy and back on track right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you look at this team, they got one of the biggest transfers in uh, Shireman uh, from uh, South Dakota State. He's a elite shooter. Nem back for another year. Trey Alexander's a dude. So they got some pieces. And, and like I mentioned, Kalkbrenner is, uh, you know, now that he's healthy, you know, back fully 100%. Uh, he's, a, he's a big force down low. So fascinated to see how this team plays out, you know, down the stretch there in the Big East, which is, I would say, a lot better uh, than I anticipated. You know, after writing up that conference, when you think about how well, you know, Marquette has been playing and, and obviously Xavier uh, with Sean Miller in his first year there. UConn has taken a big step back here. Uh, Ken Palm loves him still, uh, which is surprising. But I think this is a big spot for Creighton and, uh, you know, big stage CBS. Uh, so I think the Blue Jays take care of business against the
2: Musketeers. All right. Creighton's six and two in its last eight games and the two losses at UConn and at Xavier. Uh, lost to the Musketeers by three on the road. That's Tim Murray's best bet, Creighton minus five. All right, Tim, good luck this weekend. Thanks. All right, Matt, see you. All right, that's Tim Murray. And again, his uh, five plays, West Virginia minus three, Texas Tech minus three, Texas plus seven and a half, BYU plus six and a half, and Creighton minus five. We tipped off the show tonight with uh, Wes Reynolds, who went three and two last week, and uh, Wes his five plays, let's take a look at them right now. West Virginia, minus three. So he's on the same page with uh, Tim Murray there. Oklahoma, plus seven. I like that play. Missouri, plus two against Iowa State. East Tennessee, East Tennessee, a pick him. And again, uh, East Tennessee, I think now up to minus three. So West got the best of it there with uh, East Tennessee. And the best bet for West Reynolds, Texas, plus eight. Against uh, Tennessee and Wes was uh, the contestants can uh, send in their uh, plays anytime between three to five thirty p.m. Pacific using the DraftKings and Circa numbers, and the the number at the time you send your plays to me is the number you get. Wes has been uh, uh, like a hawk the way he eyes the screen, and he's uh, got the best of the number in uh, pretty much every game he's played here the first couple weeks. All right, we'll we'll come back with more. We got plays from Jim Root who was on the show tonight. How about Greg Hoops Peterson? We're going to hear from him next. Stay tuned for Hoops here on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Remember, you can find all the Circuit College Hoops Challenge picks at vcin.com slash picks. You can find the uh, contest picks from Greg Hoops Peterson and others on vsin's picks page. We post all the plays that are mentioned by vcin hosts and their guests throughout the week. Again, VSIN.com slash picks. One of the most valuable pages you're going to find anywhere. All right. One of the true wonders of the world is Greg Hoops Peterson because this guy can talk for five-plus hours straight without taking a break. I'm not even sure he stops for food. All right, Greg, you upload a podcast, and tonight you had 147 games on the betting board to talk about. How long did it take you to record tonight's podcast?
5: It's clocking in at five hours, 15 minutes, and 10 seconds after I edited it to make it even shorter. So it was quite a long podcast, and to your point, I will start eating some food once I am done with this. Interview. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, you have to It was a long
5: one today, but a fun one.
2: That's gonna be an exhaustive editing process to get that down to a condensed five hours and fifty minutes so uh, people can stay tuned and focused the whole time. Do you take any break at all during the five hours plus to eat or drink?
5: I drank a bang energy drink in between and that was about it.
2: Okay. All right, well, nice job. Follow him on Twitter at GUnit underscore 81, Greg Hoops Peterson. Let's talk about your five plays in the contest here tonight. We're going to start with DePaul off an embarrassing loss to Georgetown. And the Hoyas stopped a 29-game, Big East losing streak in that one. Greg, DraftKings open this number 10. Uh, You are getting 9.5 right now. DePaul is a home dog to Marquette.
5: Yep, 1 in the 10, but at 9.5, I was still very, very happy with the number because. I and mean, it's also a football team that while they had that terrible loss to Georgia, which is completely unacceptable, they also had a nice win against Xavier about a week or two ago as well, and they've been able to get some pieces healthy. Caleb Murphy, good on-ball defender that comes in from South Florida. He should be able to see him out quite a bit. Deshaun Nelson, they to do a solid job as well. For Marquette and all the good things that they do on offense, their team that's outside the top 100 in terms of points a lot on a perfect possession basis on defense. They don't necessarily do a great job of hitting the glass. So I do think that DePaul, they're gonna be able to hold up on that side of things with Major Gibson. They'll give you over five assists per game. So this is a spot where I do feel like Marquette starting to get a little bit overvalued, like the offense, defense leaving a lot to be desired. They're a little bit similar to Xavier with that regard. And DePaul matched up really well with Xavier. So we're willing to take nine and a half with the home underdog.
2: All right, hoops is on the Blue Demons catching nine and a half against Marquette. And uh, that is number 644 on the rotation. If you go to 645, 646, it's Brown, Cornell. And Greg is going to play the total here under 155 and a half.
5: Yeah, Cornell has no doubt been a rocket ship on offense all season long, but that said, they go up against a Brown team. That's been one of your better defensive teams in the Big major ranks this season. They've been playing a little bit too up-tempo for their own good the last few games, but I think that they're going to be looking to throttle down, which is where they've had all their success thus far this season. And for Cornell, it's a team in which the whole is, for lack of a better term, the greater than some of its parts. They pretty much have nine different guys. They're going to give you shooting. But I do think that on the road, they're going to struggle with their three-point shooting overall for the season being 38%. Brown has been one of the better teams at being able to guard the arc this season. So I do think that that's going to be a little bit strength on strength. You've got a lot of guys like a, You've got a lot of guys like Pax and Wojcik that do a good job of hitting the glass for Brown. He's been able to give you right around six-half rebounds for game. Donna Owusu-Anane also has very good versatility, actually played on the Canadian under-19 SEBA team a season ago. So I do think that this is a Brown team that they match up relatively well with Cornell, and what they're going to be looking to do is pull this game down, and I think that they're going to have some success with it. So took the under on this one.
2: All right, that's Brown, Cornell, under 155.5. Greg, you and I share a best bet on uh, Texas Roadhouse. I've been going to that place for years. Yeah. I love it. Very underrated steakhouse. And uh, if you had to, let's say, power rate your top three restaurants in Vegas, is Texas Roadhouse number one, and what would be two and three?
5: Oh, absolutely. You've got to be going with Texas Roadhouse. There's a Packard bar by the name of Big Dogs that has really good fresh brews that I like you also get the cheese curds. And then where you said at Circa, Barry's Steakhouse, that is very excellent as well. <laughs> highly recommend.
2: All right, got to get the Circa promo in there. Did you consider playing the Texas-Tennessee game, side or total, anything you prefer in that one, even though it's not one of your top five plays?
5: I would be looking at the total in this one. I did set Tennessee myself as right around a 7.5 point favorite. I'm seeing more like six at last check, so I'd be willing to play it with Tennessee, but Tennessee, number one in the country in terms of defensive efficiency. Lone fear I had with putting this one in is that Texas has been playing significantly more up-tempo ever since the canning of Chris Beard. But in terms of this game, I will be looking at the under. it. Tennessee is allowing, and I'm not even kidding. This is a real number. They're allowing opponents to shoot 19.9% from three-point range in their home game. It is insane what they are doing, locking you down from the arc.
2: Yeah, I don't think a Chris Beard coach team would have allowed 116 points to Kansas State and Austin. Uh, but Tennessee, uh, I hope not. Yeah, Texas is 10 and two since uh, Rodney Terry took took over for Chris Beard. That's not one of uh, Greg's five plays in the contest. You are playing Oklahoma. I like this too. You took the Sooners plus seven as home dogs against Alabama.
5: Yeah, I saw this thing open up at seven. I needed to fire in on it right away with Oklahoma. I do think that they're in a good spot to be able to slow down an Alabama team. That they're looking to play super duper fast with Alabama. I feel like they've just been playing above their skis all season long. And for Alabama, they do have the, some three-point shooting defensive balls that don't get necessarily extracted in the SEC because the SEC is full of a bunch of teams that they just can't shoot from the outside. Oklahoma is the opposite. You've got a guy in Grant Sheffield that gives you 15 points, three assists, shoots north of 40% from three. Oklahoma a whole. They shoot 36% from the outside. A guy in Jacob Groves who's saying six foot eight, they have a top threes. I think that that is going to be a tough matchup for Alabama. Now, I do think that Alabama is going to be able to pull out the win outright, but going to Norman for them and needing to lay this sort of a number, it just feels a little bit too lofty for me. Seems like it's a little bit of a just tough spot in general, and it's going to be a big time motivation one for an Oklahoma team that they already had a game this year against Kansas, in which. They let that one get away. I think that they are going to be looking at this as really their last chance to be able to get that super massive win on the resume and sort of put them off the bubble.
2: Yeah, I like this Oklahoma team. It's eleven and nine, Greg. But I, I talked about the narrow losses by one to Texas, by three to Iowa State, by two to Baylor. All those were home games. By four at Kansas, and in a game where the Sooners had a big lead and they squandered it down the stretch. It was kind of sad to watch. This is a team that's a lot better than eleven and nine. Overall in 2-6 and six in the Big 12. And I think uh, Oklahoma's a live uh, dog here too. I took the Sooners plus the points. Uh, let's get to another game in the Big 12. Uh, con- another common play for you and I. Kansas plus 3 at Kentucky.
5: Yep, with Kansas, they don't necessarily stand out on one thing. They're not necessarily one of those teams that's like a top 10 defensive efficiency team or anything like that. But what they are is 16-4. and four against a net ranking in terms of strength of schedule number three in the country. They're coming off of back to back to back losses, but keep in mind the Kansas state game, that was one that went to overtime really the lone bad loss is when they lost at home to TCU. And this is a revenge spot from last year as well. These two teams hooked up in the sec big 12 challenge. Kentucky did something that you don't see very often. They went on the road. They won by double figures at fog Allen. I think that Kansas, has learned some things from it. And it's a Kentucky team that the are right around hundredth in terms of defensive efficiency, the amount of points that you allow on a per possession basis And they've gotten right against Texas A&M and Vanderbilt, but let's call it what it is. It's Texas A&M and Vanderbilt. They also knocked off Georgia. This is a completely different animal. Jalen Wilson, 20 plus points per contest. It's a Kentucky team that does have the leader in the country and rebounds at Oscar Sheway, but you've got one other player on the team that, pulls in more than three and a half rebounds per game. It's a very top-heavy team with that regard that doesn't generate turnovers. I think the Kansas, with Grady Dick being able to shoot it from three-point range, they're going to be able to light up a Kentucky squad that has not done a good job of being able to guard the arc. I like Kansas, honestly, outright in this spot. For the sake of the contest, I took the three.
2: All right, let's hope Grady Dick and the Jayhawks snap out of this uh, three-point shooting funk they've been in during the three-game losing streak. Greg, your best bet, Green Bay, Wright State, under 148.
5: Yeah, but you've got a UW-Green Bay team, that's just completely sad. They're in the bottom 75 in terms of possessions per game. They're in the bottom 40 in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. They've now canned their coach, Will Ryan, and in their first game since they canned Will Ryan, they scored 50 points. The game before that, they scored 39 points against Robert Morris. I mean, one guy in Robert Morris held UW-Green Bay to 39 <laughs> points. It's just absolutely terrible what we're seeing on this team. They've got nobody that can shoot. It's a Wright State team. I recognize that they've got their defensive faults as well, but for UW-Green Bay, I mean, they're going to need to give up about 100 points for this total to go over because I don't think that they're getting much past 50 in this one.
2: All right, that's the best bet for Greg Hoops-Peterson. Green Bay, right State, under 148. 4-1 and one last week, and he won his best bet. Follow him on Twitter at GUnit underscore 81 and listen to the 5-hour and 50-minute podcast. Thanks, Greg. Always appreciate it, Matt. Thank you the host of the Greg Peterson Experience here on v We'll take a quick break, we'll come back with a bunch of plays here in the Circa College Hoops Challenge.
5: This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Newmans on V
3: the Sports Betting Network.
2: All right, football bettors with conference championships this weekend, it's time to check out Bet Rivers. You can win up to $10,000 in bonus money instantly by playing the exclusive Bet Rivers squares this football season. Place $10 or more in qualifying bets, and you get a square on a house. If the numbers on your square match the final score of the game, you win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers, eligible bonuses, and credit use. Full terms and conditions available at BetRiversSquares.com. Or go to BetRivers.com to check out BetRivers Sportsbook. All right, back here on the Circuit College Hoops Challenge. Uh, let's go ahead and review quickly Greg Hoops Peterson and his top five plays here in the contest. DePaul plus 9.5. Brown Cornell under 155. Oklahoma plus 7. Kansas plus 3. Green Bay Wright State under 148, And uh, we've already shown you the plays from uh, Tim Murray, Wes Reynolds, uh, Jim Root. We'll get to those in a minute. I think Wes has won the uh, point spread value contest uh, so far. Wes played 672 on the rotation to East Tennessee State at Pickham. And uh, right now that's a minus three here at Circus. So Wes got three points better of it on East Tennessee. Uh, let's get to Rex Byers. Odds maker. Head of wagering at Play Up USA. And uh, Rex, 4-1 last week, and he won his best bet. He's also got some line value on his best bet this week. Samford, which is uh, minus one. And I believe uh, right now I'm going to double-check that. I think Samford is up to uh, a three-point favorite And uh, in that game. Rex Byers played Samford number... Six twenty seven on the rotation as minus one is his best bet. It's up to minus three. That's six two seven Sanford. All right, Rex also on uh, six ten Central Florida minus six. And again, all the numbers we use in this contest are from uh circa sportsbook and DraftKings when the opening numbers go up at about two o'clock Pacific time in the afternoon at DraftKings and about two hours after that at Circa. Rex has used the circa numbers on all five of his uh, plays. 610, Central Florida minus six. 625, Ohio plus seven. 691, TCU minus one and a half. 730, Clemson, Florida State under 143 and a half. And uh, that number opened, Florida State, four and a half at DraftKings is down, down to three. I was going to play Florida State. in this contest, but losing a point and a half value quickly this afternoon from four and a half to three, I decided to pass. But Rex is playing the under, uh, under 143 and a half on Clemson, Florida State. And again, his best bet, number 627, Samford uh, minus one. And to uh, double-check that right now, Samford again at Wofford, and uh, Sanford is a three-point favorite. So it was, it was one this afternoon when Rex turned in the plays. Now Sanford minus three, so good value on his uh, best bet. And if uh, you want to follow along, you might want to play it on the money line instead of laying the three at this point. All right, Will Hill, Vcent analyst, a three and two last week, one and zero on his uh, best bet. Creighton minus five. That's a game we've talked a lot about on the show tonight. That's Xavier at Creighton. And uh, he's laying a five with the Blue Jays. Texas Tech, minus three at LSU. And if you're getting a sense of deja vu when you look at this, (coughs) it's because Will Hill and Tim Murray have four matching plays. Four of their five plays are the same. Creighton minus five, Texas Tech minus three. Will played TCU minus one and a half. That was not a Tim Murray play. He also took seven and a half with Texas. And the best bet: West Virginia minus three. So Creighton, Texas Tech, Texas, and West Virginia—four common plays for Will Hill and Tim Murray in this contest. All right, let's go on to Aaron Moore. And Aaron, you can find on Twitter at Pub Relation Prof. He's a uh, profit writer, university, and a former college hoops writer for Basketball Times and the Philadelphia Inquirer, and he contributes to VSN and uh, writes. Content on College Hoops you can find up at com. He is playing three totals, and his best bet is Xavier Creighton under 157. He said that has a lot to do with being a body clock game. That's an early start tomorrow. He's playing under the total in the Musketeers and Blue Jays. Under 157 is his best bet. He went 2-3 and last week and lost his best bet. All right, four more from Aaron Moore. Auburn, West Virginia under 142.5. The top game on the rotation. West Virginia minus three. A popular play in the contest tonight. He's playing at under 142.5. Boston College, Virginia under 124.5. So two unders and now two sides for Aaron Moore. Rice plus three. You're going to hear another handicapper with that play. And Murray State pick. So there you go, the five from uh, Aaron Moore. Let's get to uh, Jim Root, who joined me in uh, the second hour tonight. Jim Root out of Chicago, handicaps for three-man weave in the field of 68 at second-chance points on Twitter, and he's got five totals. Four of them are unders. Western Carolina, VMI under 142. Hofstra, Charleston over 147.5. Big game in Vegas on uh, Saturday. I think it's a good spot for the Rebels. I can't quite get there yet on the side. I considered it. But uh, Nevada UNLV under 140.5 is the play for Root. He's going under in the Wolfpack and Rebels at the Thomas Mack Center. And another rivalry game out of the uh, Pac-12. Two bad teams. Two teams probably headed for coaching changes pretty soon. Cal Stanford under 128 and a half. And the best bet for Jim Root, Stony Brook and Hampton, under 137. Where else can you get a best bet on a show? It's going to be Stony Brook, Hampton, under 137. Root was 4-1 and one last week. The one loser was his best bet. Okay, let's go to uh, Paul Stone, better known as a uh, college football handicapper out of Texas, but he's getting deep into college hoops now, too, the last few years. And Paul went two and three last week. His best bet was a winner, and it was a good one. He played Cal Baptist minus five and a half, and uh, the Lancers won by twenty nine. It's a great job by Paul on his uh, best bet a week ago. Follow him at Paul Stone Sports. He's also on Rice plus three, so he matches up with uh, Aaron Moore. <coughs> Excuse me on that play, taking the points with the Owls. Baylor minus six against Arkansas. Laying the points against Eric Musselman in Waco. Paul Stone also in Kansas State, minus five against Florida. Florida International, plus three and a half. And the best bet for Paul Stone, Texas, Tennessee, under 137 and a half. So a few of us taking the points with the Longhorns. Paul's playing Texas, Tennessee, under the total of 137 and a half. So there you have all the plays from the eight contestants in the circa college hoops challenge, and uh, four and ones were the best bet. Were the uh, best records a week ago. Two and threes uh, were the worst. And uh, let's get to Danielle Alvari Avisen, who's playing along here in the contest. She's got to be a little bit depressed after watching her UCLA Bruins get beat down by USC last night. But uh, here are Danielle's five plays. She went two and three last week. Actually, I thought. She went 3-2. and two. Yeah, that graphic is incorrect. Danielle went 3-2. and two, Did lose her best bet, so she should have three points there on the graphic. Her plays this week, Iowa State minus 1.5. At Missouri, laying a short number with the Cyclone. She's going TCU, Mississippi State, under 131.5. I hope she wins this play, because I'm on it too. Kansas plus 3. Colorado minus seven at Oregon State. So she's going with the Pac-12 game there. And uh, the best bet for Danielle, she matches up with Paul Stone here on Texas-Tennessee under 137. Paul got a slightly better number. He got his play in a little bit sooner at under 137.5 on the Texas-Tennessee. And a wrap-up the show here with uh, my five, Oklahoma plus six-and-a-half. Sooners home dogs to Alabama. Wisconsin, plus one and a half. Badgers, home dogs to Illinois. Texas, plus seven and a half. Catching the points at Tennessee. BYU, plus six and a half. Cougars, home dogs to St. Mary's. And my best bet, Kansas, plus three. Taking the points with the Jayhawks in the SEC Big 12 challenge game in the Lexington. Kansas, plus three. Best bet. I went two and three a week ago. Best bet loser last week was on UNLV and a pathetic performance by the Rebels. All right, that wraps, wraps up uh, tonight's show. Best of luck this weekend. Cash some tickets on college hoops and hopefully the NFL on Sunday. Thanks to tonight's guests, Wes Reynolds, Mike Palm, Jim Root, Scott Kellen, Tim Murray, and Greg Hoops Peterson. Be back here on Saturday night from the Circus Studio with our three-hour NFL preview show co-hosted by Scott Spritzer. I have a great guest list lined up for tune in for that on Saturday night. This is v the Sports Betting Network.